What's up guys, Rick here with a very special master's video. The idea around this is research is data and trends. Yes, I said the T word trends for those of you who follow me on a regular basis. You know, that's almost a curse word in my world because I see a lot of trends. A lot of them are not predictive in any stretch of the imagination and it usually grinds my gears. But in this video, I'm going to dive into maybe some better trends, maybe some ones that are a bit more predictive or can at least help us understand the field better and how they're going to play at Augusta National. And we'll get a little nerdy. We'll see what happens. Let's get to it. All right, everything you see here is from my website, rickrungood.com. It's a golf and data website uh, for betting and fantasy, and I like it, and I think you will like it too. Let's just start with kind of the biggest overall trends. Course history at Augusta National. This is the only major championship that doesn't rotate, so we've got extra data. And the fact that Augusta National, for the most part, plays very similar every year, I think this is very helpful information. There are three new green complexes this year. Number uh, 11's been lengthened a little bit. The, the bailout area is a little bit different. So there's are, there are differences over the years, but overall, very, very consistent each and every year. Here's the Holy Grail. Dating back to 2008, the best players in this field in terms of strokes gained. Number one, Will Zalatoris. Now that's only four rounds, so don't get super excited about that. Or you can, you can get. I don't care. You get get excited. I'm excited. It's the Masters. Do whatever you want. Will finished runner up in 2021. He gained uh, 12.8 strokes to the field. Average that out. It's 3.2 around over four rounds. Next, Jordan Spieth. It's almost shocking that he only has one green jacket. Feels like he has five. Because he's got the win, the two runner-up finishes, the two third-place finishes, absolute elite course history, 32 rounds, 2.4 strokes gained per round. And then you get that man, the former number one player in the world, John Rahm, $10,800 on DraftKings this week, gaining 2.2 strokes per round. He has finished inside the top 10 in four straight years. John Rahm starting to figure out Augusta National. You hear that word experience all the time, right? So if we were looking through this, I would start to describe experience around 16, 20 rounds. That means you probably played it four or five times. You're starting to get the feel for things out there, understanding the greens complexes. So when you see somebody like Bobby McIntyre with only four rounds or Thomas Peters with only six, yeah, that's great information, but it might not be super actionable just because it is a small sample size. If you like experience, let's flip this around and sort it by most rounds played. Again, dating back to 2008, Adam Scott's played 54 rounds, and he's playing them on a 1.1 strokes gained per round average. Pretty darn good. In fact, last year, losing six strokes total over four rounds, by far the worst performance in his Masters career, only the third time in which he's actually lost strokes to the field. So Adam Scott uh, gaining over a stroke per round. He has a green jacket. Bubba Watson's at 50 uh, rounds. He also has not one, but two green jackets. And then Justin Rose in here as well. All these guys, big gainers. Rosie, uh, the one of the three uh, at the top there that does not have a green jacket, and of course, Roy McElroy here, uh, 48 rounds as well, uh, gaining about 1.45 strokes gained per round. So there's a lot of experience out there. Uh, let's flip this around and look at it another way. Let's look at the worst players. Let's just do it. Now, a lot of these guys are going to be past champions, right? I I'm not going to drag Sandy Lyle. I'm not going to drag Ly Larry Mize for losing over two strokes per round because, listen, no one's, no one's expecting them to be competitive. But in terms of guys that we 
are expecting to be competitive guys that if you look at their salary on DraftKings should be somewhat competitive. Well, a couple of notables that stand out to me, Jason Kokrak. He's only played six rounds. That's uh, one made cut and one missed cut. He finished 49th the year he made the weekend. That was last year, losing nearly 1.4 strokes uh, per round. Uh, Terrell Hatton, a guy I kind of like this week, played 16 rounds, losing nearly a stroke per round. Now, I will say 2021 was his best year. Uh, finished T18, gained nearly five strokes to the field. The first time in his Masters career that he actually gained strokes to the field. Who else is in here? Max Homa only has four rounds. Maybe this is a, the most notable one. Billy Horschel, who's been great this year all, all across the globe, uh, has over 20 rounds, played 24 of them uh, over, over uh, his career since 2008, and he's losing a half a stroke per round. That's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, only twice since 2008 as he gained strokes to the field 5.5 in 2016 he gained just a hair over zero in 2014 it's not a lot of great history so we've kind of got you know uh, converging trends is it recent form billy's been great is it event history course history not so great if you're billy horschel that one stuck out to me along with gary woodlands who is uh back in the field uh, thanks to that U.S. Open victory, but he has never really had much success around Augusta National. 27 rounds, very similar to Billy Horschel losing about a half a stroke per round. Let's move from Masters history to major history. This, I think, is important. We hear guys talk all the time about trying to peak at the right times. Uh, major championships always have the best fields. A lot of them much, much deeper. In fact, all of them deeper than what we get at the Masters. Uh, so I think this is important, and there is no surprise. Your undisputed major championship king is Harry Higgs. That's right. Four four rounds for Harry. Two and a half strokes gained per round. He's only played one major. It was a T4 at the PGA Championship. No, the answer is Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka gaining over two strokes per round in 113 rounds. To put that into perspective, um, anybody who's gaining over or who's played at least 100 rounds, I mean, Spieth is next. He's played 129 rounds. He is a third of a stroke worse than Brooks Kepka. Uh, Colin Morikawa, who already has two major championships and he's only played 30 rounds in majors, has not even gotten to the strokes gain number of Brooks Kepka. Uh, Brooks has... Uh, Top 10 over half of the major championships. He's played 16 out of 30. It's wild stuff. It's absolutely wild stuff. He's $9,400 on DraftKings. He's probably going to be 18 to 1, something like that. By the time this thing actually goes off, we'll see what the numbers are over the course of the week. But he is the undisputed major king. Uh, the other notables, smaller sample sizes, uh, Xander Shoffley doesn't have a win. Does not have a win, but is... Gaining more strokes per round than Jordan Speed, than Rory McIlroy, than Dustin Johnson. Uh, hasn't played as many rounds, played about half the rounds of Jordan Speed. But look at these. He's just piling up top tens. He's missed two cuts, one at the PGA Championship, uh, two at the PGA Championship, one in 2017, one in 2021. He is just a high floor golfer. He's $9,600 this week. If you like using the major data to kind of see who might be a good play and who might not be. Max Homa's kind of a concern. 22 rounds in major championships. He has 
Oh boy, lost three quarters of a stroke per round. He missed one, two, three, four, five, six consecutive cuts at majors uh, from the 2020 PGA Championship to the 2021 U.S. Open. He's only made two cuts in, what is that, nine major championship starts. His best result is a 40th place finish at the Open Championship. I like Homa. I think he's uh, a, a much better player now than he was for a lot of these majors, but that is a little bit concerning when you see it on paper. Lucas Glover has a win on on the resume, but my goodness, it's not been good since then. He has missed the cut uh, in basically more than half of his majors uh, dating back to 2010. It's just it's just been a really kind of ugly set of results for uh, Lucas Glover outside of that one major championship on the resume. HV3 also kind of on the concerning side of things. He's getting closer to tour average. He's just a hair below tour average, but you see four cuts uh, missed in, in eight starts. His best finish is a T29. All of his best finishes coming at PGA Championships. This is going to be the first time he tees it up at the Masters. Lead-in form is always a big topic of conversation, and there are a lot of really good stat nuggets that say uh, the eventual winner of the Masters is usually playing well in the first uh, three months of the year or the 90 days leading up to the Masters. And it makes sense. I talked about it earlier. These guys are really trying to set their schedules and get their game right to peak at the right time. They're trying to peak right now. And what you'll see is uh, a lot of the winners are playing well. So uh, a couple of uh, ways that you can do this. My, my friend and colleague over at CBS Sports, Kyle Porter, uh, he, he tweets this out. He kind of keeps track of this as well. I believe he uses... 1.8 strokes gained T to green as his benchmark while saying, uh, you know, eight of the last 10 winners at the Masters have gained at least 1.8 strokes from T to green in the 90 days leading up to the Masters. I believe Patrick Reed is the only exception. And I think Hideki is the only other exception as well. Everybody else was kind of in that category. I like that. I don't mind it. You can start to look at uh, just you know, um, just uh, PGA Tour rounds because those are the only measured rounds that you're going to get the tee to green stats on. I like to look at uh, all rounds played around the world, and I like to use 1.5 strokes gained per round in total. Um, historically, I think you get seven of the last 10 winners, so it's it's nothing. It's not like you're losing out a bunch on a bunch of guys, and I think it kind of encapsulates more of a worldwide tour. So uh, let's look at those golfers. One and a half strokes gained per round in the 90 days leading up to the Masters. So you got to be smart with this a little bit because we probably should throw out Bernhard Longer. 12 rounds played, three and a half strokes gained per round, but my database has all the senior tour data. So uh, obviously that's where all of his starts are coming from. Um, and and you got to consider sample size, but we do have a lot of guys that meet a fairly good uh, sample size minimum. Cam Smith's the best golfer uh, in this time frame. 2.3 strokes gained per round. Obviously, the win at the Players' Championship, the win at the Century Tournament of Champions, both go in his column. Shane Lowry, who does not have a victory and does have a couple of DP World Tour events, is second. 2.16 Roy McIlroy here at two strokes gained. So we go down. We, who else do we have? Justin Thomas, Scotty Scheffler, Joaquin Neiman, Terrell Hatton, Matt Fitzpatrick, John Rahm, Russell Henley, Victor Hovland, Hideki Matsuyama, Patrick Cantlay. That's the guys. Those are the guys. And it sounds like a lot. I actually went back and looked at this. There are more golfers that match the criteria this year than basically any year in the last decade or so. What does that say? It says that the depth of the tour is deep right? And all of our best players are playing well right now. So we've got, uh, what, a dozen guys, maybe more than that, that meet the criteria of a stroke and a half 
gains per round leading into the Masters, something that has been, I don't want to say predictive, it hasn't been predicted, but this makes more sense, right? Guys that are playing well leading in are going to play well at the Masters. Let's keep digging. Let's keep digging. The saying goes, the Masters doesn't start until the leaders get to Amen Corner on Sunday. That's holes 11, 12, and 13. It is... Uh, just the most perfect stretch of holes in the world of golf, and they can be very, very challenging. It's where we saw Jordan Spieth dump a couple into Ray's Creek and uh, implode and give away his second green jacket to Danny Willett. It's where we saw Tiger overtake Brooks Kepka and Tony Finau and everybody else, Francesco Molinari, as they're in Ray's Creek on number 12. I mean, just so much stuff can happen. And what you see is the guys that play Amen Corner really well, they tend to play Amen Corner well every single time they go through. Not not always, of course, but um, you know, 11 uh, being the par 4, 12 being the par 3, and then 5, or excuse me, uh, uh, 13 is a par 5 that's kind of your scoring opportunity. You're just trying to hold on through 11 and 12, and then you get your scoring opportunity at 13. And I wanted to look into the guys that have historically played at Amen Corner very well. So what I did is I loaded it in uh, all the scorecards dating back to 2008 into uh, my prize picks tool here on the website because I have it built for the hole-by-hole -hole stuff. So what you could do is you could select 11, 12, and 13. You can see for any years that you want uh, the historic scoring average. I'll just load them all up and you can see all the golfers in this field and how they generally fare around Amen Corner. So no surprise that of the big boys, it's John Rahm again, who usually gets through Amen Corner very, very well. He's played this 20 times. He's gone, like you can see, uh, 9 to 11. 11, everything like that is under par. 12 is par for Amen Corner. So if you use... Uh, this tool for prize picks this week, which I, I know they're going to have amen corner props, right? So they're going to have amen corner props. They're probably going to set the line at 11 and a half, right? And it's going to say, are, are, is, are these guys going to play amen corner under par or are they going to play it uh, at par or worse? Maybe it's 12 and a half. I hope it's 12 and a half. But no matter what they set, you're going to be able to come in here and see. So John Rahm has gone under in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10 out of 20, so that's about half the time. It's not about half the time. It's exactly half the time. Let's see what Xander's done. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 out of 16. He's gone under, assuming an 11 and a half line. So this is going to be a really critical tool for prize picks this week, but I also think it is uh, really helpful to kind of see who could blow up, who could get themselves into a lot of trouble, who's going to get to that point on Sunday or even earlier in the week and implode. And the good thing about this is we're going to get Amen Corner coverage. We're going to see every shot that's hit around here and just comparing some of the big boys around Amen Corner. I mean, Colin Morikawa has, has played it to a, a 12 in his eight rounds, which is nearly a full shot worse than John Rahm. That's kind of surprising. Patrick Cantlay playing it over par, 12.06. He made a 16 in round four in 2012. He was probably an amateur then. I believe that was his amateur year. But um, it's a really interesting way to look at probably the most important stretch of golf uh, on the course and being able to dive into any year and any stretch that you want. And you can look at other holes as well. You can look at, you know, 16, for example, whatever they whatever you want or whatever prize picks give us gives us. So um, when we see the lines for prize picks, this tool is going to be really handy. Use the code Rick. 
there's a link in the description. Get signed up. We're going to have lots of prop content, and we've been absolutely killing the guys over at Prize Picks. So make sure you get involved, and I've, I've loaded in all the data that we can use here for it. One of the other things I wanted to look at was kind of the fantasy history for the last couple of years for this event and kind of who ended up winning, what their ownership was, and really fading the chalk in the last four years has been really good, except for Dustin Johnson's year when he won it. He was 34% owned on DraftKings, so if you didn't have DJ, you were pretty much toes up. Other than that, the other four, the other three years, um, Hideki was 8% owned, Tiger was 14% owned, which is crazy because Tiger even has a built-in 5% bump, and then Patrick Reed was only 9% owned. If you look at golfers and how they fared in DraftKings points over the last four years um uh, draft kings points gained so that takes that looks at what the average number of points were scored each year if you had more than that you gained if you had less than that you lost uh patrick reed of golfers with uh, at least uh multiple starts is the best year he's gaining 41 points to the field uh, obviously the win was helpful, but he finished 8th, 10th, and 36th as well. But I also thought it was interesting to look at the value proposition here. So this is the average uh, value that is returned based on salary and based on fantasy points. And Corey Connors, in his three starts at the Masters, is returning on average 12 times his salary. Now he was 6,600, 6,600, and 6,900. He's going to be 7,600 this year, so he is a little bit more expensive but he has been the most valuable player over the last four years of those who have played at least uh at least twice let's see camp smith also on this list in terms of value but he's getting a huge price increase this is the most expensive he's ever been for the masters by a wide margin uh in fact every year he's basically gotten more expensive now he's up to 9900 bucks let's see mark leishman because i bet you this is similar yeah this is kind of a similar price for mark leishman that we've seen over the years he's been 8200 78 69 69 he's returning over 10 times value and uh he's 7300 this year so you're not paying a massive increase there, uh, which is which is nice because that makes this look into the value numbers uh, a, a bit more realistic. And finally, I'll get you out here on the nerdiest possible note because I've ha been having so much fun diving into all the hole by hole master stuff that I just couldn't resist seeing which golfer has played which hole the best. That's right. And this is on a strokes gained basis. So what I did is I calculated um, every single scoring, uh, every single hole scoring average per day and and calculated the, the true strokes gained here. So this is the real the real deal. With at least 20 rounds, so you have to play the hole at least 20 times. I probably could have made it smaller than that. But hey, it's, it's my video. We're going to do 20. John Rahm on hole number 11, which, remember, is the hardest leg of Amen Corner, John Rahm is gaining, on average, a half a stroke to the field. By far, the best player, uh, uh, the best gainer, gainer on a single hole for the Masters since 2008. It's impressive. Uh, Nick Watney on 15, for whatever reason, has been awesome. He's gaining 0.43 strokes per round. How about this one? Brooks Kepka gaining over a third of a stroke uh, per round on hole number 18 in 22 rounds. Wouldn't that come in handy? 18, imagine on Sunday when Brooks Kepka may be in the lead, maybe uh, tied for the lead, something like that, has to play 18, a hole that he's been historically awesome on. Uh, there's some really weird ones in here, like 
like Graham McDowell on 16. Maybe that's part of a, a, a prize picks prop. He's he's gaining over a third of a stroke per round. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't what, know what this means. It, the answer is probably nothing. I just thought it was interesting. So keep an eye out for Rom on 11 and Brooks on 18. And, uh, you know, uh, let's see, Spieth on 10. Let's actually, what are the worst ones? Of course, I forgot. Let's do this. Danny Willett on number one. Losing a half a stroke per round. Where's uh, where's Spieth on twelve? I guess he probably really only had the one blow up. These are a lot of these are like Larry Mize. Uh, yeah, these aren't always fair here because they're past champions. Let's see. Let me find Spieth's numbers. There you go. Despite the uh, giving it away to Danny Willett in sixteen, Jordan Spieth playing hole number twelve about dead even minus zero point zero two. His best hole is hole number 10. Gaining a third of a stroke on hole number 10 in 32 rounds. It doesn't mean anything. I don't know. It's nerdy. It's fun. I hope you'd enjoy this. There's just been so much master's research that I've been doing over the past couple of weeks that I couldn't even wait to the DFS preview. I just had to go after it and see what's out there. So uh, the cadence for content this week will will likely be the same. You've got your, your DFS preview on Monday, live scramble shows with Andy on Tuesday and Friday, live chat on Wednesday, power hour, Wednesday evening for jock market, a 300 yards to unknown episode. I mean, there's just going to be so much stuff going on. I thank you all very much for the support. If you like this, let me know. If you hate it, let me know. Tweet me at Rick Rungood. Leave a comment below. Good luck.